welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hello. Juan Hernandez. What's up, Richard? I like that intro, by the way. And Michael Zipovich. Hi, guys. And today on episode two, we will be talking about NFL free agency and the impact it has had on our dynasty teams. Uh, free agency is always going to affect our teams. Depending on where these players go, it's either going to help their situation or it's going to ruin their situation. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple guys that uh, that is this free agency has going to affect, uh, some in some good ways and some in some bad ways. And right out the gate, we're going to talk about a guy that we all consensusly uh, agree to that is probably ha- found himself in the best situation and has had the best turnaround fantasy-wise in Ben Tate. Ben Tate just recently signed in Cleveland. He's meeting back up with his old offensive coordinator, Kyle Shanahan, where he did find success. You know, Ben Tate's yards per carry uh, career are 4.7, never been below 4.3. Uh, he fits Shanahan's zone blocking scheme perfectly. Uh, so. We're, we're we're all real excited about Tate landing in Cleveland behind you know Joe Thomas, Alex Mack, two Pro Bowl offensive linemen. Uh, Cleveland's really been clamoring for a running game. They really need this running game. They so far in the, since 2010 they've been the third. They've had the third fewest rushes attempts in the league, right ahead of Arizona and Dallas. And the fans are just clamoring for a running game, as we've seen on Twitter. And we've seen on Facebook. I mean, Ben Tate's really eating this up as well with these fans. These fans are just dying to finally see somebody after this Trent Richardson debacle come in here and really take over this Cleveland running game. Uh, you know, Tate came in last year, and you know Foster got hurt again, and Tate, as a lot of owners were excited about, got finally got an opportunity to be a starter again. And Tate did ended up doing what he always does, and he he got hurt. He cracked some ribs. Well. I think the important thing there is, is he played through it though, you know, for the first time in his career, like he actually, you know, played injured and played, I guess not injured, played hurt. And I think you have to be able to do that if you're a running back in the NFL. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And you know, the nice thing about the injury, like, you know, ribs this past year, not a knee, an ankle is rookie year, I believe it's not a knee. So it's not like these injuries that are debilitating i mean these are ones that you can come back and still you know not miss a beat yeah i mean we were talking about you know take it comes in the league he's drafting the second round major hype around this guy blew up the combine ready to come in be houston starting running back behind this you know really explode their offense and he comes in he breaks his ankle in preseason and he's out for the year and he misses the whole year and that's where it all started uh so he's he missed his whole entire rookie year that's basically what opened the door for arian foster right there yeah, I mean, Tate's missed 24 games his entire career. So 16 of those are his rookie year. So he's missed eight games since his rookie year. So where he has this labeled, where he's injury-prone, let's remember, he has been behind Foster as well. So his opportunities aren't really there. Well, I mean, if you look at it, he's missed 24 games out, out of his career. Out of his career, he's missed 24 games. So I'd say he is, in, he is injury-prone. Um, and, um, you know, if he stays healthy, he's going to be he's gonna have one of the biggest fantasy years you know, for running backs, he's going to have a really good year. Like I said, he averaged 4.7 yards per carry. Uh, he spent the last three years behind Arian Foster, but, you know, injuries are a concern. It's, they usually don't become injury-prone and, you know, all of a sudden get healthy. It's usually, once they're injury-prone, they usually get injured, 
you know, every year. He could have one of those magical DeMarco Murray, though, years <laughs> like he had last year. And, I mean, the guy's been, DeMarco Murray has been injured every year he's been in the league. And even going back to college, and last year he stayed healthy and he really produced. I mean, I like to see him stay healthy. And if he does, he's going to have, one, you know, at least all the guys who switched to a new team, he's going to have one of the best years as far as fantasy goes. Yeah, and, and a nice thing for Ben Tate owners going to Cleveland, there's, there's nothing behind him. I mean, you have possibly Deion Lewis. He looked good in the preseason. Uh, you know, Brandon Whedon looked good in the preseason too, you know, <laughs> so I'll take it with a grain of salt um, until I see something during a regular season game. But I, I do like Deion Lewis. I mean, you know, he was somebody I like coming out of college back in the day, but hopefully he, you know, he's a good, uh, you know, third down back or receiving back. And, but I still think the Browns will probably draft a running back late to compete for that oh, number absolutely. two spot. But like there's, it's a pretty clear drop off after Ben Tate. Like he's one of those guys. He's going to get every carry just yeah, about. Shanahan loves to use in his zone blocking scheme. He use, he loves to pick that running back and stick with it. Uh, Tate's not really known for his catches. I mean, last year by P, you know PFF, he was voted or rated the worst receiving back with four point two yards per you know yards per catch. Well, a lot of those. I, I was listening to the radio today, and there was an interview with with Tate on there actually, and and he'd mentioned that. All those passes that he caught, I mean, he caught 34 passes, so it's not like he can't catch. But they were just asking him to be basically a check down and a and an outlet pass for the quarterbacks. So I mean, that's why he got such a low yards per catch uh, rate there. So I mean, Tate's coming off. You know, he's finally hit free agency. All of all of his owners out there are finally excited. He's finally get the opportunity. Uh, some people may be thinking, sell high. You know, time to time to sell Bell T- Ben Tate. I, I haven't been able to do it for a long time. Where I feel most owners, and I do have them in one of my dynasty leagues, where I'm like, you know, finally, I'm finally going to get some reward on this investment I made here. This is what you've been waiting for for the last yeah, three years. absolutely. So let me ask you guys this. Does, that, since Ben Tate did come in last year, Foster finally got hurt again, and he did come in there, him only rushing for 100 yards one game, and, only, and he only had three touchdowns, which, again, were all in one game versus New England. Does that scare any of you guys? Well, he did have one touchdown against St. Louis. I think he had four touchdowns. No, I believe it. I believe he had three touchdowns. That's what I was reading. But if he had a touchdown against St. Louis, three, four. Yeah, they were the the three touchdowns. I just had the the stats pulled up for okay. the heck of it. And uh, the the hundred yard game was against New England. I mean that that I mean, at least that's a good team. You know, Late uh, in the season. yeah, yeah. Um. And he had a couple other high rushing yard games. It's not college. I mean, he had an 80, 90, you know. So. Yeah. I mean, he did, I mean, he did, you know, you know, week two. He had and Houston yards. was terrible, you know, at the were. end of the day. I mean, they really could have went on 16 their first two games. They won. They could have easily lost. Yeah. I mean, I mean when, when your quarterback's throwing pick sixes, like it, that's his job instead of throwing touchdowns, then, I mean, you're going to suffer, especially in the running game. You're going to be behind a lot. You're not going to be able to run the ball that much. Yeah, they were always behind. They're always passing. Uh, you know, they never they they weren't ahead in very many games, so they're always passing and trying to come from behind. Yeah, you don't finish with the first pick in the NFL draft by accident. That's just that's it's not just bad luck. I mean, bad quarterback plays gonna get you there every time. And yeah, we all agree. You know, they had a carousel between Keenum and Schaub, and you're never gonna win that. If you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. So they found themselves in a horrible situation. You know, we were all. We all like Nuck Top Hopkins coming into the offense paired up with Andre Johnson. Andre Johnson still killed it like he always does. That's why he's a future Hall of Famer. Uh, but they never established a running game, and their O line was in shambles. Their quarterbacks was in shambles. So yeah, for me too. I don't. I'm not gonna really put last year's 
uh, games against Tate. I'm, whole new I'm team, really whole excited. New team, about whole new year. So yeah, new team, new system, uh, new opportunity. He's gonna be the man. He's gonna be. He's gonna get all the carries in Cleveland. Uh, it's an AFC North team, so they're they're gonna pound the rock. You know, like I said he has Jordan Cameron, Josh Gordon, Baby Hawk. They're gonna draft a receiver early in this draft. So this Cleveland offense can be explosive this year. It could be a huge turnaround, and they're not going to be able to stack the box against Ben Tate. So this could be a year. Juan said he could be one of the top fantasy backs coming into this year. I wouldn't go that far this year, but I could easily see 1,400 yards, which will put him up there. It's not going to be about the touchdowns, but he can be. I could see it. I could see Tate being one of the top guys this year. Well, let me ask you this. Um, In our first uh, Dynasty rookie rankings for the coming season, which will obviously change, we have Ben Tate 21st when he was with Houston. I know, obviously, we're going to update the rankings for free agency. Uh, where do you think that, uh, where would you slot him now? I mean, just quick, I know we you know, won't hold anybody to it, but um, some of the guys that we have ahead of him at the time, Ryan Matthews, Trent Richardson, Monte Ball, Reggie Bush, Shane Vereen, Arian Foster. I'd slot we- him right there at number 13. Number 13, right, right above... Um- Right above Ray Rice and right below Zach Stacy is where I'd put him. Yeah, see, yeah I would Zach rather Stacey. have Tate than Ray Rice. I mean, personally, yeah, I, mean, yeah, I, said yeah. Above, I said above Ray Rice. Okay, I mean, and behind Rice. Alfred Morris and Zach yeah, Stacy. I mean, if you're asking me now, yeah, I mean, I'd put him ahead of those guys. I'd probably, I'd, I'd, that's close. I, I compare him to Zach Stacy. That's that's kind of where the mold I'd put him in. Like, but Zach Stacy is is prove you know he can stay healthy. Ben Tate, that's his only concern is he can't stay healthy. I so. think for I think that he takes Alfred Morris's spot on our board. You know, like that's, I think Alfred. Take, takes a step back a little bit this year coming, yeah. coming from the zone blocking scheme that Shanahan had. And he'll jump guys like Ray Rice. So he's, you know, he'll jump Shane Vereen, uh, Reggie Bush possibly too, Devlin Jock Bell signing that new contract. And Monty Ball is, of course, up in the air because we still don't know what Moreno's going to do. Right. So We'll get to him later, though, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll get yeah. to Moreno later. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, we're all pretty excited about Ben Tate. And if you have him on your roster, you should be excited too. Finally, finally. We're going to get some production on this guy. A guy that you used a first-round pick on, most likely. Yes. I know in our league, I, I have him in our dynasty league. I think I used a middle, like, fifth, sixth pick in the draft for I'm him. Sure there and I've been waiting. Where he didn't go yeah. in the first. So, if you were looking to buy that guy, you should have done it last year. Yeah, that was a prime. He was one of those prime guys that, you know, like when Michael Turner is going to leave San Diego, they're like, hey, let's get this guy before free and see, let me take the risk. So if he can stay healthy, I, we all expect big things from Ben Tate, and he should be a running back. A low-end running back one, high-end running back two, consistently for the year. Yeah, definitely a starter. So let's go into a guy, our, our second guy we're going to talk about here, who is on a complete opposite spectrum of Ben Tate. Uh, this is a guy that I wrote about in February that I was screaming for you guys to sell high on. I've got him in multiple dynasty leagues. I didn't even follow my own advice because I think people knew that I want to get rid of him, but Eric Decker. Eric Decker's coming off his best year ever in Pey- with Peyton Manning in Denver. The, you know, that, that team was amazing. You know, he had career highs with 87 catches, 1288 yards, and 11 touchdowns. And he killed it. I mean, he absolutely killed it. And now he's going to quite possibly the worst offense in the NFL, an offense that has no running game, has no wide receivers, and has no quarterback. I mean, come on, the Jets last year, their number one receiver was Jeremy Curley. He had 43 receptions for 523 yards, followed up by the second-best receiver, their backup running back, Bilal Powell, who had 36 catches for 272 yards. 
I mean, I don't know about you guys, and I don't expect Decker to flop here. I still expect him to come in and be a wide receiver three. That's a big difference from the wide receiver one low end wide receiver numbers he was putting up earlier in the, last year. Well, the key there, Rich, is is what you said is he was going from he had Peyton Manning. Now he's going to Geno Smith, who had a terrible year, 12, 12 touchdowns, twenty two interceptions. You know, he's going to run heavy offense. And I just don't see him having anywhere near the years that he had the last two years. Right. I mean, Rex Ryan just he's not the kind of coach that wants to air it out. He's the co- kind of coach that wants to just grind out victories. I mean, that's how they were gonna win games with defense and running the ball. They're not gonna be throwing the ball. I'm gonna play that. smash mouth football and run the ball. Right. I mean, yeah, he's quoted as, you know, saying he wants to be a smash mouth type of guy. What if, um, you just say, because, you know, free agency obviously still not over. What if the Jets sign Michael Vick? Does that, does that help at all? I think it helps, but I don't think it improves at all that much. You know, he goes a little bit better, but Michael Vick has, has a tough time staying healthy. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, I mean, Michael Vick's going to help. At this point, I would say anything would help over Geno Smith. But then again, Geno Smith was a rookie last year, last year. He did have a couple games where he looked good. Not a lot, but he was really no. hit and miss. So They somehow know. finished 8-8. Eight and eight. I don't know how. Every time I saw Geno Smith, I just... I, and I'm, I wasn't anti-Geno Smith. I just, every time I saw him, I just did not see that, uh, whatever it is, that spark or whatever were... It, where you think that he, he has a future in the NFL. I don't know. I just think he, he's not the answer for the Jets. At I wanted him to be good. I want him to, to, to have a good year and a good fantasy year, and I own him on my fantasy teams, and I'm just, I'm just not happy with him all. I don't think he's going to be a very good quarterback or, or very productive this year. And the thing is, he went from uh, you know a team with Peyton Manning, who's one of the best. So those teams that have a really good quarterback, all their wide receivers benefit from, from that. Yeah, I mean, Eric Decker should have been everybody should have sold high. I mean, I understand where you want to hold on to a guy like that that puts up those numbers, but we all knew him leaving Peyton Manning, those numbers were not going to sustain, and he was going to take a dip. I mean, he was rumored on the Jets' radar all year. Uh, he could have gone to Oakland. We could have been equally as bad, but now even Schaub's there. Who? Uh, I mean, Schaub. Do you even think there was really an opportunity to sell high on Eric Decker? I feel like everyone was waiting for the same thing. They, everyone wanted to see where he ended up because everyone thought he was leaving Denver. And, and all the teams interested were the bad teams. Exactly. So I'm not even sure if there was a big opportunity to sell high. The thing that makes me nervous about Decker and all the other receivers in, in Denver is that Peyton Manning is also coming towards the end of his career, and I was looking for him to retire maybe even at the end of this year, for sure next year maybe. Um, so that was one of the reasons why I wouldn't personally buy on him, um, just for that fact too. Yeah, I mean, there's always opportunity. I feel like there's, when it comes to dynasty, there's always opportunity. Because all you need is that one guy. You need that one team that needs a receiver, and they're going to hang on to those numbers no matter where he goes. And, you know, there might be a guy out there that says, you know, complete opposite. But you know what? I like Geno Smith. You know, if he goes to New York, you know, my argument, which is not what I believe him, I can easily come back at you if I'm trying to make a sales pitch to you saying, hey, you know, he's going to a situation where they just paid him big money. They're going to force him to ball. He can catch the balls. He had 11 touchdowns last year, so he is going to put up numbers. They're going to make sure he puts up numbers because they, they just invested all this money into him, and they have this quarterback that they're going to try and groom. And if Vic goes in there, you know, even sell high, but you know, the opportunity is going to be there. So I could try and sell him to somebody as a wide receiver too, even though I believe he's going to be a wide receiver three. I feel like I've been on the end of, of this kind of conversation with you before. Bye, <laughs> bye, 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 bye. Use car salesman <laughs> tactics, Rich. You kick those tires. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think Eric Decker's a, a bad receiver by any by any means, nor do I think he's like the best 
receiver like he was playing out in Denver. I just he's going from one end of the spectrum to the other. Um, probably in real life, he settles in as, as a good number two wide receiver. But for fi- fantasy this year, moving forward, he's probably a wide receiver three, right? Situation and quarterback is key in fantasy football for a receiver. Yeah, so it depends on it depends on your situation where you have Eric Decker on your team. I mean, if you relied on Decker last year to be your number one receiver, you're in trouble. You're in big trouble. Me personally, on a couple teams I have him, he was always in my wide receiver three category to begin with. So it doesn't hurt me as well. So I still have him there. So it's not as bad. So it's all going to be depend on where you had him on your team and how you valued him. But we all know him going to the Jets. It's going to hurt his value, and it's going to hurt him. And if it doesn't, we all believe in miracles, right? I mean, the one league I won the championship in last year, I, I had him as my wide receiver three, and I think, I mean, that I got extremely lucky. I, I hit on Alshon Jeffrey and Pierre Garçon, you know, so I, I barely have to use him. I could, I, this year, I could going, going forward, I can use him and Larry Fitzgerald plugged in as my number three based on matchups. So. Yeah, and I think a good situation for him, if you do own him and you're like, wow, I got to get out of this situation, I got to get rid of Decker, is you hold on to him, you wait till the season comes along, you hope the whole Jets offense starts out healthy and they start out strong and they force the ball to Decker and he has a couple good games in a row and then you sell high. You sell why people are like, you know what, Decker has still got it. And you know what, maybe he does. But you should be able to at least get fair value on the numbers that he put up probably closer to last year during the first couple games of the season this year. If he put up a couple good games in a row I would, and somebody was trying to buy him, I would definitely ship him, ship him off because I don't think the consistency is going to be there. Yeah, definitely, you know, if you can, if somebody can squeak out a first-round pick for Decker and coming into a 2015 draft uh, that I kind of like as well, I mean, why not? It all depends how you value those draft picks. But, I mean, as an owner, if somebody came up to me in the season and I didn't really need Decker as bad and I can get by without him, I'd take a first-round pick. Well, I always follow Decker, and I don't own many of my teams, and he's one of those guys I just never took seriously, and I always thought of him as a situational player, and he was good because Peyton Manning elevated him that level, and I don't really think he's that great of a receiver, at least for fantasy value. Well, I mean, good receiver, it's kind of hard to say that. I mean, when you score 11 touchdowns, it doesn't matter who you are in the NFL, that's a good year. When you put up twelve over 1,200 yards, close to 1,300 yards, you're an okay receiver. I mean, I think he is who we think we thought he was. I'm just saying, if a you take him, wide receiver too. If you take NFL him team. away for Denver, I don't think his numbers those last two years are are very good. But if he you take there. anybody away from Denver, that's true. Their numbers. I mean, if what if you you could take? I mean, you could make that case about a lot of people. You're talking about Green Bay. I mean, you're talking about well, not Calvin Johnson, but I mean, if you take these, they're all hand in hand. You can't just say, oh, well, if he doesn't have Matt Stafford, if he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers, if he doesn't have Tom Brady. I mean, you could say that about just about anybody in the league if you take him off. I mean, look at all the people they're putting in in New England. Tom Brady helps them, but still, they're not putting up superstar well, I, numbers. I'm saying the good players, the good receivers, put up good numbers. You know, no matter where they're at. Look at look at Josh Gordon. He put up great numbers, and he had he had no one throwing him the ball. Look at look at Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald is a great receiver who has has had no quarterback, and you're, so he's he's a prime example where. He's one of our guys. He was he's a first round startup dynasty league pick, and because of his quarterback situation and running game, he's done not. He's he's been he's killed our teams. Like like I just said, I mean he's like a spot starter now. You can't even count on him week to week. Well, I guess the thing I was saying was that with Eric Decker, I never wanted anything to do with him beforehand. I don't want anything to do with him now. Yeah, and I understand. I mean, and if you want to roll in right to the next guy, I mean Emmanuel Sanders. I mean Emmanuel Sanders is pretty much taking over Decker's spot. 
he's getting paid, you know, not Decker money, but he's getting paid good money. So he's going to be, he's going to be out there. And, you know, me personally, I expect Emmanuel Sanders to come in and take right over those Eric Decker numbers. I mean, not to 11 touchdowns, but I can see Emmanuel Sanders coming in, going over 1,000 yards and getting right around that 75 catches to 85, 88 catches this year in Denver. As a guy that traded for Emmanuel Sanders last year, I mean, I gave up Greg Olson for Emmanuel Sanders, kind of just hoping that he'd go somewhere good in free agency. And I couldn't, I couldn't be happier. Yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, you just, just hit the lottery I mean, there. Yeah, I mean, this is awesome. And and if you're an Emmanuel Sanders owner, you're jumping for joy, just like me. <laughs> yeah, I wish I, I wish I could have made a snazzy move like that, grabbing and snatching up Emmanuel Sanders. You're such Sanders. a good GM. And, Thanks, Mike. I mean, that's a prime example. I mean, you know, of what Matt did there in your dynasty league. You see, these guys are about to enter free agency, about to, you know, possibly land in a good situation. We all knew Sanders was wanted last year. Uh, with New England trying to scoop him up. That's that's really what caught my eye. I mean, when New England put in that offer for him, I was like, ooh, I kind of put that in my mental note, you know? Yeah, because until then, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders, we all knew who he was, but it's not like he's like, oh, I got to get Emmanuel Sanders on my team. He wasn't a contributor. No, and it's funny just looking at these. I just have it pulled up, our rankings. He's the 55th wide receiver that we did last month. And that's going to change oh, drastically. drastically. He'll have the biggest move in our rankings coming up here in uh, April. Probably out of any of the people we have on our list. I mean, because he's going to shoot up easily top 25. Now, he's still going to be behind Demarius Thomas. Uh, I don't consider Wes Welker a threat, but Julius Thomas, I'd put Julius Thomas and Demarius Thomas both ahead of him in that offense. Do you think they might be like kind of transitioning him into the Wes Welker kind of role? I mean, Wes Welker's kind of losing a step, we'll say, and uh, having some concussion issues. Yeah, it doesn't seem as reliable. Right. Um, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. But even if he does, I mean, we can all agree that Manuel Sanders is entering a great situation. Oh, for sure. And this could be a person that you do want to sell high on. Because a lot of people are going to be out there thinking, hey, wow, Manuel Sanders is going to put up Eric Decker's number. And he probably will, definitely this for first one year. year. For one year. I mean, we all got to realize Peyton Manning, you know, he's 37. He doesn't have t- too many passes left in that arm. So if you can get good value, I mean, obviously you, you haven't been relying on Emmanuel Sanders for your at entire all. dynasty team at you all. You shouldn't have. You shouldn't be at all, yeah. otherwise you're So not this is good. a perfect situation where if you did fall into this, hey, if you're not competing for a championship or and you're good at receiver and you don't need him, like, oh, thank God Emmanuel Sanders went somewhere, sell high, man. Wait, wait a couple games, again, sell high, get what you can get for him. Uh, fill up another need on your team, get some draft picks. You might not even have to wait till two games to sell high on him. I think his, right now his value is going through the roof. No, I agree. I agree. He's probably one of the best players to trade pre preseason you know pre- before the game start uh why everybody's talking wow Manuel sanders he's doing exactly what we're doing now hey Manuel sanders gonna put up eric decker numbers man i wish i had him what a great move matt yeah unless you're like making some serious hardcore run at, at the championship like you knew i mean because like we were just saying he's probably only going to be putting up those eric decker numbers for a season two tops and that's it so it's like think long term with that and make a move i you, you some someone out there maybe a championship caliber team might give you a first round pick for him well yeah, yeah. If, you, if that maybe you know a scenario unfolds where you're you fall out of the race like halfway through the year it might be a great time to, to sell him to a contender because i mean that way you're getting value for the future and you know because he's not really going to help you this year if, if you fall out of contention so that might be a really good scenario so we can all agree that sanders is yes he is in a good situation Yes, he is going to help your team this year. And yes, he could probably help your team next year, but that's probably about it. We're not seeing him the second coming of 
Wes Welker. No, I think without Payne Manning, I think his value goes right back down to where it was. All right. So needless to say, he'd be on a sell-high article if you ever wrote one again. I have another sell-high article coming out in April, and you can expect to see Emmanuel Sanders' name on that. So make sure you check that out, DynastyNerds.com. Maybe I can add in some cheap dude sales tactics as well to go with that article. You do love your cheap antics, don't you? There is never a better way to sell than using the cheap dude's sales tactics. And the best way to find out all those cheap dude sales tactics are, again, to get on DynastyNerds.com and check out Juan's uh, tactics and lines that you can use to help uh In the Dynasty Thrift Store articles. Absolutely. The so. sad thing is he uses those same moves and those same lines they work. on they work. women also. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on. They work with women, too. <laughs> moving on to our next person on the list here is Hakeem Nix. Now, Hakeem Nix, we should all be able to debate over there's gonna be people out there that love Hakeem Nicks there's gonna be people that hate Hakeem Nicks I think most of the people that hate Hakeem Nicks are the owners of Hakeem Nicks you know, I'm Hakeem, a hater and I don't know him Hakeem Nicks I mean two years ago we're talking Hakeem Nicks was one of those prized possessions but the more I dug into Hakeem Nicks and the more I really looked at him uh maybe Hakeem Nicks has been kind of overhyped all these all these years he hasn't he hasn't really played you know to the potential that we all thought he was. He's only been over 1,000 yards twice. Last year, he played 15 games uh, at 56 catches for 896 yards and zero touchdowns, guys. Zero touchdowns. I believe it's been like 18 games or something since he's had a touchdown or something crazy like It's that. been a while. I mean, well, in 2012, he played 13 games, had 692 yards with three touchdowns. So in two years, we're talking about a guy that has here what, 1,500 yards and three touchdowns in two years from a guy that you expect to be your number one wide receiver? He's practically allergic to the end zone. <laughs> yeah, that's the way it's looking. I mean, before that, in 2011, 2010, he, both went, he went over 1,000 yards both those years. In 2010, he barely went over there with 1,052 yards, but he had 11 touchdowns, and he had seven touchdowns in 2011. So that's where, you know, and those were his, you know, sophomore and junior years that we're talking about, and... The hype really started to grow around Hakeem Nick. So, like, wow, I really hit pay dirt with this pick here. I hit myself a number one wide receiver. And then these last two years have really come crashing down to earth. And it puts you in a position, do you believe in Hakeem Nick? Do you want Hakeem Nick? Do you think that the last two years were a mirage or the first two years were a mirage? Well, I think, like, I, I think he's, I don't, I don't hate Hakeem Nick. I don't know. I, I think he's going to a great situation in Indianapolis. He's going to be with, uh, Reggie Wayne and T.Y. Hilton. I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of pressure on him. Andrew Luck is can throw the ball all over the place. I don't think he will focus in on any one guy. I, I think it's a, I don't know. I think he has a chance to shine. And how many more years does Reggie Wayne have? I, I think Akeem Nix has a lot of talent. I mean, uh, absolutely. I mean, the talent's there. The opportunity to shine is there. Like Mike said, he's going to a situation with Andrew Luck who is the next Peyton Manning, uh, into a good offense with you know great role models and Reggie Wayne. And here's the best selling point is he, he's going in on one-year contract. He's been on himself. So if he's ever going to do it, this is going to be the year that he, he's going to do it. He's put himself in a good situation with a talent around him and a one-year contract, gambled on himself. So if he's going to put up numbers, this, uh, this is going to be the year that he puts up the numbers. I haven't heard anything about Hakeem, Hakeem Nix being allergic to the end zone or anything, but the one person I would say has an allergy is Eli Manning. That guy had a terrible year last year, throwing 18 touchdowns and 27 interceptions. I think that's the problem. Eli had one of his worst years last year. 
This year, he's going to play with Andrew Luck, uh, you know, one of the best young quarterbacks. I think he should have a really big bounce back year is what I'm looking for. I mean, if I'm at least a fantasy football player, I don't like him personally, but he's one, I think he's going to improve on his stats for sure. Yeah, and I, but, I mean, it's a good point about Eli. But, I mean, no quarterback is an excuse for zero touchdowns. And no quarterback is an excuse for those yards that he put up. And I watched Hakeem Nicks last year a lot for some odd reason. And because I have him on, you know, two of my teams as well. Uh, I had him, well, I had him a lot of a couple of my redraft leagues and people were letting him slip because they thought he was having a horrible year. And I thought they were wrong. And I'm the one that ate pie on that one. Uh, but humble pie. It was very humble, that pie. Delicious. How many but leagues humble. are you in? Just let, let everyone know, because every guy we've ever talked about, you, you have them I, on some I team. I have in every league. Well, I am in three dynasty leagues uh, that I play that religiously uh, in and that I follow very closely. But then, you know, there's always redraft leagues as well, and I am in a total of 10 fantasy leagues, which... Uh, I enjoy it thoroughly. You're crazy, man. <laughs> when you like, I tell my wife, you know, the first the first year I lose money fantasy playing fantasy football, will I'll start stop playing so many leagues. But when you win, there's no reason to stop. You mean credits, right, Rich? No, I'm talking about straight, cold, hard cash. Here, <laughs> so the IRS isn't listening. You're so cool. do you think he's gonna he's gonna improve this year with the new quarterback and change of scenery? Yeah, I mean, if I had to bet on it. I would bet that he does improve, but I mean, improve off of those numbers. You're not talking like a huge. We're not talking like, oh wow, what what an improvement. I mean, it's not hard to improve off of zero touchdowns. One and Eagle is nowhere to go but up. I mean, 896 yards. I mean, you're talking about the targeted guy there in New York. He put up 900 yards and zero touchdowns. So it's not going to be hard to improve off those numbers. Is it, does he improve? I would say so. You I guys mean, think he'll have a better season than uh, than Decker? Yeah. Ooh, that's a good question. Much uh, better. I know, yeah, but much just because a better supporting cast. I yeah, because so, they're they're kind of similar, you know, similarly ranked, you know, um, in our rankings, and I would assume probably just about any anybody's rankings. They're probably close. I just wondered who you guys thought would be better. But bearing I, an injury, I, yeah, I would you imagine can't count he, those. He'll have a better. I think, yeah, I think it's to be close because you know T Y is really that big play, yeah, uh, kind of player. Reggie Wayne's going to be the route runner. Uh, so I think Decker and Hakeem Nixon are be similar. I think they're both going to be wide receiver I was threes. Say, so we're, we're talking wide receiver three numbers then. Yeah, likely. yeah, probably yeah, wide receiver three. I mean, and if you put up good numbers in that wide but receiver Decker's three, a spot, probably, that's a good spot to be in. Decker's a wide receiver one for his team, and Hakeem Nix is a wide receiver three, and so I guess like the values probably. It, do you think that's what the position he's going to play, or do you think they're going to bump Ty into the uh, slot on, on three wide receiver hmm. sets? I don't know. I hadn't thought about. It. I, I just assumed, but I just assumed that. Ty would be the, you know, the two, but uh, maybe they would put him in the slot. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I was just wondering. I mean, I was just could, wondering your thoughts. Yeah, no, I, I, it could happen. I mean, that it seems like more of a, a spot for him. It's gonna be know? a, cl- it's gonna be a close situation. We should all keep our eyes on. Uh, if you have Knicks, maybe, you know, you want to sell high, but you got to remember too at the same time that Knicks next year is gonna be a free. Yeah, exactly. He's he's only he puts a up a good deal. Number, yeah, if he puts up good numbers, he's gonna go to a situation where he'll be the number one guy. Uh, he might end up in Oakland or somewhere else that needs a receiver. So so you're saying if he starts off kind of slow, it might be a buy-low opportunity for somebody because he's in a free agency year and he could go somewhere next year? Yeah, just how we were talking about Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, this is somebody you might want to think of no matter what. You know, you have, an, you have an owner that's frustrated. This guy's been hurt all the time. He's put up bad numbers. So if he starts off slow in Indy, he'll be a perfect, actually, buy-low candidate. Even though I just said sell high. 
here earlier, but on the other spectrum of what you're saying, Matt, yeah, he'll be a perfect buy low candidate. And you don't have to write out the rest of the year. If you don't have to give up much, he'll, he has a good opportunity to get signed somewhere next year regardless. I Just playing a devil's advocate, if, if he doesn't have a good season in Indianapolis, that would be kind of look like, man, he's not that good of a wide receiver, right? Yeah, but, I mean, he'll still get signed. So if he has a skill set and goes somewhere, I mean, let's face it, Carolina's got nobody on their team right now. Yeah, true. And, I mean, Oakland's got James Jones, who we're going to talk about next year, but there's always going to be an opportunity for a guy with his talent or his physical talent. So he he's somebody, again, that we should keep our eye on. And either if you own him, buy low if you don't own him or sell high if you do have him or just ride him out. But he'll be somebody we're all kind of following this year. Uh, again, we expect wide receiver nut three numbers out of Hakeem Nicks. So nothing to get really overly excited about, but he should definitely help your team in that, that capacity. Moving on here to James Jones. Now, James Jones was somebody that I was praying would go to Carolina. I've always been a fan of James Jones. He's never really done anything. He's never had a great, you know, superstar year. His best year was last year. Didn't he even mention that he was interested in going to Carolina. Did he mention it? I, I, I believe I read that. It's and, they, and they still didn't even pay any attention to him. Yeah, I mean, James Jones is one of those guys. When I watch him play, I'm like, wow, I'm like James Jones, man. He has a talent. He has a he has a talent. I mean, he's been in the league for seven years, but he's never been over a thousand yards. His best la- year was last year in uh, Green Bay, where he had 817 yards. So we're not talking about a guy that's been on the radar of wow, big play, big playmaker. But well, now yeah. he's going to Oakland, where a situation when they're signed him, where he's going to be their number one guy. Yeah, I definitely. I I don't like the signing. I, I'm not a big James Jones guy. I mean, I think like where he maybe established himself or where he got put. He had 14 touchdowns, I believe, one year. 2012. And, yeah, and it's like, but outside of that, always under a thousand yards. Not too many touchdowns after that. I think maybe he was just the guy who he was because of you know Aaron Rodgers. I mean, again, it seems to be the running theme of our discussion so far. But it's like. Is he going to do anything in Oakland? I, I just don't feel like he'll do anything. I, the reason I, I say I like James Jones, I just feel like when he has been given opportunity, he has taken it and he's done well. But I just feel like James Jones is a guy who just hasn't really been given a lot of opportunity. Uh, and as far as Oakland goes, I mean, I mean, we'll see. Like I said, I I brought Shab's name up earlier. We don't even you had a great you had a great though. you had a great tweet I thought earlier today. I think about Matt Shab. Yeah, uh, people were people were talking about Matt Schaub and like, oh, Matt Schaub is. Well, does does this help Matt Schaub's dynasty value? All right, people. I mean, listen up here. I don't know if you ever had any dynasty value. I mean, Matt Schaub is going to a situation where in Oakland, where the receivers aren't good as good as the receivers in Houston. Andre Johnson and Nuck Hopkins are better than all of Oakland's receivers, including James Jones combined. And they're going from a running game with Arian Foster and Ben Tate. That is, you know, way better than Darren McFadden. So for people to say, hey, and they have no offensive line in Oakland. And then just bundle that up where they have no have no offensive line in Oakland as well. So you're taking a quarterback that did horrible last year and putting him to a, a worse situation. Schaub's a, seem, he's a sinking ship. I mean, it, it's done. It's not going to end pretty in Oakland. I, it's going to be No ugly. offense to Oakland fans. I believe that whole team's a sinking ship. I mean, don't you think? By the end of the next year, we're going to be talking about a whole new regime there. Yeah, uh, and they're yeah. going to be they're going to blow this whole thing up from GM to coach to everything. I mean, yeah, it's kind of hard not to after they did that complete debacle with Saffold. Uh, 
I mean, again, bringing in the left tackle, signing the big money, failing them on his physical, get him out of there. You have no left tackle. I'm mean, look at the division they're in. They're they're going to be the bottom feeders again. They're going to be high in the draft again, and they're going to blow everything up. That's I, just the way I see it. I agree. They are the black hole. And right now we got we got um, Matt Schaub is the 34th ranked quarterback, and maybe his value goes up, but it's probably to 33. I would I would say his value goes nowhere. Yeah, I, he's holds no, no value with it, me at all. I mean, only, <laughs> the only reason I no offense, I, I feel one bad, spot but is that yeah, no, nah, I wouldn't yeah, even I mean, move him. He's he's at thirty. I mean, there's thirty two starting quarterbacks in the NFL. He's about to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Well, I still have him at thirty four. There there will be prospects that I would rather have than Matt Schaub. Yeah, I'd rather have like just. Blake Bortles or Teddy Bridgewater. I'd rather, I'd rather have any oh, yeah, of the rookies. Have you about four or five yeah. of the rookies over him. I'd rather have five. Ryan Mallett on my team than that guy, just because who knows. So we start talking about James Jones, and we just start piling on Matt, poor yeah. Matt Schaub. I hope here. he doesn't ever We all agree it. Matt Schaub is a hobo. Wait, did you guys hear that? Matt Schaub just threw an interception while we were talking <laughs> about Matt Schaub. But, yeah, so James Jones, where, you know, he's older. He's been in the league for seven years. You know, he's not old to the point where he's going to be 28, I think, next year. So he is, for a receiver, he's entering his prime. I just don't see how he can leave a, a team quarterbacked by Aaron Rodgers and have his value increase at all. Yeah, he's just going to go he's down. Just, he's, he's, he's finding himself in that Eric Decker role, and he's just finding himself in a worse situation. So with James Jones, you're probably going to expect the same thing you've always expected out of James Jones, hoping to maybe get wide receiver three numbers out of him because he will be the number one guy there. But there's a lot of question marks in Oakland as well because they still have Daenerys Moore. They have Rod Streeter. So, I mean... There's no guarantee that James Jones is still going to be the number one guy there regardless. There's just too many question marks in Oakland that if you're relying on James Jones, your team is in trouble. Yeah, I, think he'll, I think he'll have a decent year, but if you're planning on him being anything more than your, your fourth receiver or a backup, then your team's in trouble. So Yeah, they just have a bunch of receivers that are about the same. They're just average res- receivers. You don't win with average receivers in fantasy football. No, I mean, there's question. I mean, I'm a big like. I don't know. Okay, I'm gonna say I'm a big fan, but there's a there's a guy that I drafted. I tried to make a make sure I drafted in all my dynasty leagues in Jerron Kreiner. I liked him. I was a fan of him. I was a believer in him. Had a good preseason or uh, OTAs. Let me say, uh, had a really good summer and psh, nothing. Disappearing act, Houdini. Yeah, and then you know Rod Streeter probably had the best year last year in Oakland. Looked pretty good at times, but I mean, how many people between like Jacoby Ford? Daenerys Moore. Andre Holmes came on late there. In the yeah, year. I mean, these guys that go in Oakland, all of a sudden they have, like, you know, you're like, oh, this is a new guy in Oakland. Here he comes. This there's is a, the guy. There's a new one every four games. Poof. And they're gone. Then they're gone. Yes. Oakland, the black hole for receivers. Or any fantasy player with that aspect. I mean, even Darren McFadden can't stay healthy there. So let's get, let's get ourselves out of the black hole here. Let's move on to our next guy. Uh, a guy that's put himself in a, a, let's face it, he's going to a better situation. His team just won a Super Bowl, but Golden Tate now finds himself lining up across Calvin Johnson with a number one overall pick quarterback in Matt Stafford, who is a top five dynasty quarterback. And he's finding himself going to a dome into a fantastic situation. This ex-Golden Domer is uh, finally going to get an opportunity to shine this year. I mean, he's leaving a Seattle a Seattle offense that was basically just pound the rock and you know throw it when you have to type of thing and they won with with great defense so leaving there and going to a place where i mean let's face it the the defense there the secondary in detroit is pretty bad they give up a lot of points and they're going to need to be playing uh, catch up in a lot of these games so they're going to be throwing the ball all over the place and he's in a dome 
getting out of that Seattle weather. So from that, from those standpoints, I mean, you couldn't get much better for Tate. Yeah. yeah he, oh, go ahead, Juan. Sorry, Mike. Yeah, I was just gonna say he's going to he's going to he was leaving a, he's leaving a run first offense, going to a pass heavy pass heavy offense. He's gonna be be opposite Calvin Johnson. His situation is just gonna get better, and uh, his fantasy value is gonna go way up. Yeah, he's he's in a great situation, um, and it just seems to be the running theme of every single guy that we talked about when they go to a team that has a good quarterback. We're high on, and we don't expect any. You know. It, I mean, that goes to your basic core values of what you're looking for in a, in a fantasy wide receiver. You're not only looking at the wide receiver. You have to look at the quarterback he's playing with. You have to look at the offense they're in. And you have to actually look at their defenses a little bit, too. I mean, you want a wide receiver on a defense that's lousy. I mean, yeah, like Detroit. Yeah, like Detroit. I mean, because they're going to need to throw the ball a lot, and that's just putting points up it's for like, you. It's like a marriage, you know? It's a... It's a between all those, it you really know. is. Same yeah. thing goes like a running back. You don't want to have a running back on a team that's terrible and is always behind and throwing the ball the whole second half of the game because you're not going to get any points out of them. Yeah, and Tate didn't have a horrible last year, you know, for being in Seattle and what they did. I mean, put up 900 yards, 898 to be exact, but he put up 900 yards and five touchdowns with, you know, I mean, Russell Wilson, we all love him. He's a Super Bowl winning quarterback, but he still have yet developed into that top tier quarterback. So, he put up good numbers at the end of his rookie contract last year, and he's finding himself in a good situation. And we were all talking in the offseason at number 10, Detroit was probably going to take a receiver at that pick. And if, you know, Detroit would have taken Mike Evans. Ooh, or, that would have been scary. Yeah, that, I mean, we would have all been all, I mean, we talked last week about our Mike Evans take here, and it would have been even increasing tenfold there in Detroit. So we all anticipated Detroit in the offseason season which I still, I, I no longer think they'll take. They probably have to go cornerback there at number 10. If you're asking me, if I'm running that team, I'm looking at somebody like a Justin Gilbert or Denard there. But the, if they would have taken a receiver there, he would have he shot up all our rookie boards. So let's put Tate in that situation. You know, like he's going to himself on a receiver needing team. Uh, you know, they still have Foria at tight end, uh, but their tight end is still a question mark. Definitely even Petter, did Pettigrew sign back in Detroit? He did. Um. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah but we all know Pettigrew. He's that guy who likes to, he likes to swat at balls, I feel like sometimes. Stone hands, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, Oakland you know, Detroit, even though they spent all those first round picks on receivers and they swung and missed, they've they need a receiver, which is crazy to say for how many first round picks they've spent on receivers. They desperately need a number two threat off of Calvin. I think Golden Tate is really gonna shine this opportunity. Uh I don't have Golden Tate on any of my thousand fantasy football teams, but I really wish, wait, no, I do have him on one of my dynasty teams, actually. Uh, so, but I, he's somebody that I am really excited about, uh, Golden Tate, personally. I think he's going to a good offense. They're going to, they're in a dome. So all year, he's got the best receiver in all football. He, demands, he demands so much attention. Their offense is 70-30, 60-40 past the run. It's just insane. They're Golden Tate's got great Perfect hands. opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So I could easily see Golden Tate this year putting up over 1,000 yards Yeah, easily. Uh, yes. I, easily. I think if he didn't, I would be disappointed. Yeah, I mean, the numbers I would expect of Golden Tate this year, which would be excellent fantasy football numbers, football numbers are about 1,100 yards, seven touchdowns. That's that's, a, that's, yeah. what, that's, that's a real good year. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking, good. thinking around in the, in the 75 to 85 yard, uh, catch range also. I mean, I don't see that being out of the range. I mean, that, yeah. that sounds pretty accurate or what i would at least want out of if i owned them that's what i would like that's what i would 
hope for. So Tate could immediately come in, change his role throughout all fantasy football, and come in as a low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three, which is a complete change of where he's been playing at, where he's one of those guys that you put in during your bye weeks or an injury, and you put him in, and you're like, oh, hope you're, you're scouring a waiver wire. Yeah. Like, is there anybody I could pick up and put in instead of Ben, go, yeah. call him ben Tate? But, uh, Find Golden somebody Tate. on the wire and hope that they might have a better matchup. I had there. to actually play Tate a few times last year because I was in a rough injury situation yeah. on one of my teams, and, and it was one of those things where he was, did you get any production out of those games that you just played? A, every time I plugged him in, I was just praying yeah. something, you know. I mean, I, I can't remember exactly how it went down, whether he disappointed me, because sometimes he disappointed and sometimes he did. Yeah. Just hoping for those five points so you don't put up a goose egg. Exactly. I've been there plenty of times. Yeah, so, I mean, if you have Golden Tate, you should be excited. Uh, you can't really say sell high in Golden Tate because I still don't think his value is out there where people are going to be, like, trying to, you know, clamor, you know gobble them up on off your roster and try and offer you any fair trades or anything. So, yeah, ride Golden Tate out. You got him on your roster. Uh, be happy about it. Feel comfortable knowing you will finally get some production out of him. And you should have a really solid year and put his name on the map where he's officially, uh, even in redraft leagues, be uh, drafted relatively high for these teams. Welcome uh, to fantasy football, Golden Tate. Welcome with open arms. So moving on here, let's move on to uh, another guy here. Let's move on to Toby Gerhardt. Yes, Toby Gerhardt, who was drafted to behind Adrian Peterson to be his backup. Now, this is a guy that's going to be, who's being paid starter money. Is, is he being paid more than Ben Tate? Uh, he's three years, $10.5 million, and Tate is two years, $7 million. So they're pretty comparable. Pretty actually. comparable. I mean, talk about night and day there, guys. I mean, I don't know about anybody else out there. I'm just going to speak off of my own opinion. For anybody to think that, to, and I've heard, and I've actually had this argument with some fellow dynasty people, and they're like, you know, when Gerhardt's got in there, he's done, he's done okay, he's done pretty well. I would not want Toby Gerhardt as my starting running back. Yeah, me neither. Any NFL team. I have no confidence in him going in and being a contributor, being a starter, and helping your team out. I mean, he's just to me when I see him, I see a plotter. I'll put it this way: I own Jordan Todman in the league, and I'm not getting rid of him because I don't think Toby Gerhardt's going to be able to hold up and and keep that job basically well he hasn't had very many inju- injury concerns over his career he averages 4.7 yards per carry which is the same as ben tate that's okay right? so i i just saying i don't really i think he's going to have a pretty good year i mean he's going to the worst team in the league but you know i think you should actually you should improve and have a pretty good year so say like just being since we you know if, if since we talked about ben tate and just kind of we're all browns fans um if the roles were reversed and the Browns signed Toby Gerhardt, I wouldn't be nearly as excited about that. But I would still I have think zero I'm, excitement. I would hope for sure we drafted a running back right. like really high. I think that pretty much sums up the, the yeah. value of Toby Gerhardt here. I mean, but I'm just saying our, he's, yeah. a, he's, he's a running back who stayed healthy throughout his career. He has the same yards per carry as Ben Tate. I just, what don't you guys like about him? Didn't he get injured last year when he was filling in for um, yes. Adrian Peterson? He didn't even last the. the well, I mean, he got he's got injured before in his career, but he's not he's not missed twenty four games like Ben Tate. I mean, I'm not really relying. He on hasn't him. had to play at all though, like at all. Yeah, that four point seven yards per carry that doesn't do anything for me. And like Mike said, if he went to the Browns, it doesn't matter what team he went to. Yeah, exactly. The Jacksonville thing, like where all the other guys so far we've talked about situationally, like oh, he's gone to this team with all the. Hey, Toby Gerhardt could have went to like Denver, and I would just be like, eh. I don't know, man. <laughs> That's how I feel about him, too. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Moreno goes in there, you know, Payton comes in, and he does well. Same thing with Gerhardt. I just do not see him. I'm I'm going with my Butch Davis gut instinct on this, and I'm saying Toby Gerhardt 
sell high, sell high, find anybody that thinks, wow, he's going to be a starter running back. I need this guy on my team and sell high. Definitely before the draft, because if Jacksonville takes a running back in the draft, I don't know who they take, but let's say they take somebody. Well, they should take someone this year. They're going to take someone. Well, if you have Toby Gerhardt as your starting running back, you better be taking somebody. But whoever they do take, I see them beating out Toby Gerhardt in that, and they're going to end up in a situation like Carolina where they have this high-paid running back who's ended up going to be in a backup running back uh, in this situation. I mean, that's what I see Toby Gerhardt is. Somebody come in there, change the pace back. Uh, help you get to that 4.7 yards per carry when you need it. You know, when you're coming in on third down or second down or when your guy's banged up for a couple of plays, uh, it's no circumstance. I see him as a three down starting NFL running back. But, but though, just to, again, just play the other side, I guess if you do own Toby Gerhardt in, in uh, Dynasty, you probably didn't draft him. You drafted him as just a backup. You just drafted him as a backup. So I guess, like, in theory, he's an upgrade because he's going to a situation where he'll have a chance to play more. It's the best-case scenario for anyone who owned Toby Gerhardt. He's just been sitting on your bench collecting dust, doing nothing. So I guess in that aspect, yeah. Just feeling in in case AP gets hurt. But now he's he's going to a team where he's going to be a starter. Grant's the worst team in the league with the 31st worst worst rushing game. But he's going to be a starting back, and at least his value goes from nothing to something so yeah no that's that that, that's true i guess i'm just looking i was when we originally started talking i'm looking straight at nfl value and now i'm thinking about it as through a a fantasy and dynasty value i'm not yeah i'm never i'm never i'm not going to to buy this guy i'm not going to buy a high on him i'm not if i own him i'm not doing backflips or anything but i'm just saying his situation has drastically improved yeah, I mean, he's found himself in a great, great situation. Uh, so if you are an owner, you know, you, you did essentially, you hit pay dirt on yeah. Tony Gerhardt. He's going to be a starter somewhere, or at least given an opportunity to start somewhere. So, again, it's just, what I'm saying is I don't believe, I'm not, I'm not believing it. I'm not buying it. I'm not a fan of it. If I'm a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, I'm not excited at all. But if I am a Toby Gerhardt fan, I am pretty excited. So safe to say, spoiler alert on Rich's next uh, sell high article, it will have Eric Decker and Toby Gerhardt in this article. Well, Eric Decker was on the last one. Oh, yeah, that's right. My bad. Who was the other one? <laughs> Who uh, went on the, with the other yeah, sell high guy? Yeah, yeah, just yeah, read it well, at dynastynerds.com. Yeah, we'll just delete that part. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Toby Gerhardt, I mean, if you have him, be happy about it. Uh, if you don't have him, don't go get him. Be, be happy about it. <laughs> be happy about it. Uh, just let him be someone else's problem. So, no, no, guys, we were talking about earlier. Just, I want to, I want to break in here real quick. There's some breaking news that just came Wait. across the across the lines break, here. Br- breaking, breaking news. news. But we were talking about Decker. Do, and does this change our value? Mike Vick just signed with the Jets on a one-year, five million dollar deal. This just came across the wire here as we're as we're recording this, and. Uh, so let's just bounce back to Decker here real quick. Does that change anybody? Let me go around here. Does that change, Matt, does that change your opinion on Decker, Vic? Um, slightly, yeah. I think I think it's got to bump its value a little bit. But at the same time, who knows how long Vic is going to actually be starting. Or if there's, I mean, it's a one-year, one year, five, five million. million. He might not even be the starter. He might be coming in just to compete. And he might be one of those guys that if, if uh, Geno Smith falters they bring him in so i i'm not sure how much it really affects him until we know you know if he's going to be starting or not Juan, i think it's right about the same still mike yeah i, 
I kind of agree with how Matt, what Matt was saying. Like, I guess we don't know what his role is. It's not truly defined, but if he does become the starter, it might just slightly increase his value. But at the end of the day, we all know Michael Vick's not playing a full season. He can't stay healthy. So I, th- I think I'm going to go the other spectrum than you guys. I think this does help Decker. I think it helps him significantly now that I'm thinking about it. And because I do think Mike Vick comes in there, I think he beats out Geno Smith. I think okay. they're bringing Mike Vick in here to, to you know, tutor, to tutor yeah. Geno Smith. They're going to let Geno Smith take a step back. They're going to let him learn NFL game a little bit better, learn under Mike Vick. And when Mike Vick does play, I mean, he has improved his arm. Not well, it's never even improved, but his accuracy. And I think Mike Vick is a you better still, You situation. still think he has stuff left in, in the tank? From what I've seen from last year, yeah. I mean, we're not talking Pro Bowl, but enough to get me more excited about Eric Decker. I mean, I was just wondering, you know, are you guys more happy about Eric Decker about this? And I think Mike Vick comes in here and he, he helps out Eric Decker significantly. What is Decker ranked on our on our rankings of wide receivers? Did anyone, did anyone know? Well, if we let's say, for example, if we have Eric Decker ranked 40th. He was 23rd. He's 23rd. Okay, yeah. so I think he drops significantly going down, going to the Jets. Maybe he drops down to 40. I don't really know. Michael Vick maybe raises him from 40 to 38. So I'm going to say he goes up, but not, not much at all. Yeah, Decker, I mean, Decker's dropping, obviously, no matter what. You know, Mike Vick coming in in one year doesn't change anything. But, yeah, I mean, again, I mean, for early, at least for this year, and let's face it, for just for overall for Geno Smith, I mean, this helps Geno Smith, too. I mean, you don't want Mark Sanchez teaching you how to butt fumble. Uh, you're bringing Mike Vick in here. He's going to help, you know, he's going to know his role. He's here on a one-year contract. So, you know, they're, they're getting rid of, Mark Sanchez. He's believe, been he's been released. He's been released. Yeah. So I mean that was obvious once they signed him, but I mean it's going to help Geno Smith as well. So anything that's going to help Geno Smith is going to help Eric Decker. So I think all around this is probably for the worst situation Decker is in. This is the best thing that could have happened. To it's him. some good news. Yeah, for sure. I mean his value is is trending upwards. I don't think it's anywhere near what it was last year, obviously, but it's 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 up. A little bit of a bump up, basically, is what. Does he break a thousand? I think so. I think he does. Uh, I think he might. Yeah, right around there. Yeah, borderline. Right there. I think he's right about a thousand yards, but we'll see. I don't I mean, think he's getting anywhere close to a thousand. Well, we'll see. The deck, the the thing is out on Decker, and I'm I'm voting he's going to go over a thousand. But I would say, you know, if it was over, I would say under a thousand. And Mike Vick has a new home, and this does not help Mike. Mike's Vic value at all as well. So the time to sell high on him would have been last year. So from one New York team to another New York team, let's move over to the Giants and their recent sign-in free agency, Rashad Jennings. Uh, you know, this is a guy that's coming in. When he first signed there, I wasn't extremely excited, but and I, I wouldn't say I'm still excited now, uh, because I'm I personally don't believe that he'll. I'm still not 100 percent he'll be the starter there. I mean, if David Wilson comes back and he can play healthy, I mean, where does David Wilson sit with the Giants? I mean, he was a first-round pick. He has that knee, you know, the neck injury, and when he did get his opportunity, he didn't really do anything, but he's still a young, raw, fast running back. I mean, he's fast, but in that off, I mean, at the Giants, they got Tom Coughlin there, and they're not going to deal with running backs that can't, can't pass block and that fumble the ball. I mean, I just... I am not sure. I can't say with any certainty that David Wilson is going to produce 
in the Giants offense at all. Yeah, I wouldn't count on him at all anymore. And it's sad because at one point I was huge on David Wilson, but I think like for me, I, I jumped ship. I was wrong on that one. Right. Well, another guy that Tom Coughlin didn't didn't like to fumble was was Tiki Barber, and he he set him straight, and he turned him into a you know a, a good running back. And I, I mean, I, I I agree with you there. He really fixed his fumbling problem, and I think David Wilson, you know, he still has the talent, the speed, and if he can get his fumbling problem under control, I I think he should still be the starting running back there. I I also have pretty big issues with a, a running back that just had like fusion surgery on his neck. I mean. That's yeah. How can you? The first thing they get hit every time is your head. How I mean, can you count on that? Like moving forward for for any production, I feel like if I owned him and I got any production on it, I would be happy. I just I wouldn't count on anything from him. And I agree. I think you know I I'm not saying this because I rely on David Wilson to come in and be the starter or do anything significant, but he's a big question mark behind Rashad Jennings. I'm so I'm just. I'm telling everybody to take a step back so everybody jumping on this new Rashad Jennings bandwagon sign New York. There's still some question marks there. I mean, they still have, don't forget about David Wilson. Because if David Wilson comes in, if he does come in health, healthy in the camp and he does take care of these fumbling problems and he does turn into that back that was taken in the first round behind Doug Martin, then Rashad Jennings is going to find himself on the, you know, backing up David Wilson. I think it's one of those things you won't know who's, who's really taking over the starting job until week four or five of the season. I mean, I kind of see Rashad Jennings as a guy that's basically just taking over Andre Brown's role. I mean, if he stays healthy, he can pass block. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's not going to fumble the ball a ton. I think he's in, in line for about, you know, 1,100, 1,200 yards this year rushing. Yeah, I mean, again, he's, he finds himself in free and in a good situation. And when it comes to running backs, they're like gold. I mean, we all need starting running backs. So if he's going to be a starting running back, uh, you know, I'd bump him ahead of Toby Gerhardt. Let me oh, put it yeah, that way. For sure. Yeah, I would rather have Jennings than than find himself with a better quarterback, uh, Victor Cruz, Ruben Randall. So he finds himself in a good situation. I'd, yeah, I think maybe. I'd rather take Gerhardt myself. Wow, that's. I think, uh, we'll have, I think we'll have a better year. Okay. What 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 leads you to think that? I mean, off the top of your head, what do you what do you think in there? I mean, well, right now he's got less competition. Gerhardt's got less competition than the starter. You you think? Yeah. Yeah. And Jordan Todman? Yeah, I mean, Jordan Todman came on there at the end of the year. I mean, and, and he doesn't fumble the ball, and he's he's not injured. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't know. I think David Wilson's going to take the starting job, and, and, and I think Gerhardt's okay. going to keep it at least for this year. So that's, so I, that's least, more what you're basing it on is you don't think that Rashad I don't think Jennings he, I don't think he's going to win the starting job. Okay. So. Does the fact that you think David Wilson's going to win the starting job have anything to do with the fact that you own him in Dynasty? I do so own maybe him in Dynasty, like and I'm praying that he has a good year. Slightly overvaluing him? But I never was a big Jennings fan in the, in the okay. first place, so. To all our listeners out there, Juan is trying his cheap dude sales pitch on you as we speak. <laughs> He's probably going to try to trade him to one of you guys out there uh, later on tonight. So, I mean, Rashad Jens, I mean, the facts are the facts. He, he was signed right now. He is the number one running back on their depth chart. Uh, he is right now penciled in to be the starter, and that's what they signed him. We'll see what they do in the draft. We'll see what they do with David Wilson. Uh, again, if he's somebody that's on your roster that you had and you weren't relying on for a lot, you know, now you have also another running back. And let's face it, you can never have enough starting running backs in dynasty football, redraft football, but especially dynasty football. I mean, if you get you find yourself in a bad situation in dynasty and running backs, I mean, it's really hard to dig yourself out of there. So, I mean, Genesis is even one of those guys maybe that you can buy cheap as a filler. 
and get in there just to help you out if you in, in your entire straights for running back. Well, that's what I think both those two guys are. I mean, don't get it wrong. I'm not excited about about Gerhardt at all. I'm not excited about Jennings. I think they're both filler, you know, really good backups, but that's about all they are. They're somewhere between, you know, 25th and 32nd ranked in the league. So yeah. you got to be you got to be happy though if you do have them on your bench and, you know, whatnot and they do they they they're going to get a chance. So whereas like we don't necessarily like them to maybe go and make a move for them or if you were starting a new league or you're going to draft you wouldn't be targeting those guys but if they are sitting on your bench well then you're excited about yeah them. you're of course yeah, you gotta be excited for. about you, that you want those but bench I, players to go to better roles exactly but i would never make a move for them in either a draft or um no a i agree. trade i agree and that's how, and that's how, that's how I, like I said in the beginning of the show, that's how free agency is pretty summed up. Uh, you know, there's going to be guys, their roles change a lot, and there's going to be guys that you're excited about, and there's going to be guys that you're not excited about. But the key thing to remember here, too, is these guys are all free agents. They're all let go by their teams. They're all made available to walk. Uh, so that says something to itself. So most teams land, and, I mean, there's not a lot of free agents that come in and contribute right away. Anyways, I mean, a guy like Ben Tate finds himself in a good situation because he's behind a high-paid running back that puts up really good numbers. And so he finds, you know, running backs are always going to be in different situations. But when you, find, when, you, when you think about free agency, never, never expect these guys to come in and be top-tier guys. Never expect these guys just to take over. So be hesitant when you trade for these guys in new situations because, again, just because they had success in another system and on another team does not mean they're going to find success in a different system on another team. That's why we see a lot of these free agency guys fail because they've seen it a million times. It it just doesn't. They're maybe better off in the system they were originally at, and there is a reason their teams let them walk. Absolutely. So I mean, always be cautious when you're buying on free agents, and sometimes that's you know it's a good time to sell. I mean, there's the Sanders and the Tates, but then there's the Deckers, and they're I wouldn't even consider Gerhardt anything. But you know, and there's a, you know, during this offseason free agency, we have a couple more people we want to talk about. Uh, you know, Darren Sproles was not a free agent; he was very close to becoming a free agent, and he signed with uh, Philadelphia with you know who I consider the top fantasy back out there, Lashawn McCoy. So I just want to get a quick uh, review on him, real quick, and see what you guys think about Sproles. I don't want to spend a lot of time on, but real quick, what do you guys think about Sproles in Philadelphia? I mean, it's hard to tell. It's what his value is going to end up being. I mean, at this point in his career, he's pretty much just catching passes out of the backfield. He doesn't really run the ball anymore. But at the same time, um, Chip Kelly runs so many plays that he might actually get a pretty consistent role there and, and catch a lot of passes. So could see him split out a lot. Yeah, that's, I mean, as imaginative as Chip Kelly is, who knows, you could get Darren Sproles and LaShawn McCoy both in the same backfield, in the, you know, and then they both split out wide and you're, you're throwing passes all over the place. So who knows? Yeah, that's one of the things I'd like to, you know, I'd like to kind of take a look and at the preseason and see how they work him into the system. You know, Sproles has led the league in receiving since 2009. You know, on the opposite end, you got McCoy, who's second in the league since 2009. So he's for, kind for of running backs. You're talking for running backs that, that receiving the ball. So they're they're both kind of similar as far as running back styles, and uh, I just don't know if there's enough balls for both of them to go around. So I'd like to see, you know, how if Chip Kelly can work him into the system. I, I'm gonna. Like again, agree with Matt. I think like it. I think he still holds value. I think he's going to catch a lot of balls out of the backfield. I wouldn't, by any means, like expect 
too much of a drop off. I think the way Philly, they're so innovative on offense, run a ton of plays. I think he's got a chance to produce. And absolutely, I mean, if you, if you have Sproles in your league, you're likely and you relied on them. You're in a PPR league. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, it's so got to be PPR. Yeah. It's going to be a PPR league, so he's still going to get his catches. I think his role and his value slightly diminishes because of how you know how often he was used in. New Orleans, and that's going to change drastically. And as you know, if you have Pierre Thomas, be ecstatic about it because all those receptions are now going to go to Pierre, and his value I think goes up way through the roof. So, as far as Sproles, I think his value diminishes slightly, but he still holds value. He's an older running back. If you tr- he, again, he, if you want to sell him, he's going to be one of those teams you should probably sell to a contender because everybody knows he doesn't have much left in the tank. I mean, he is 31, and I think his value is going to go way down until you can see how they're using that system. And if he's not going to fit in and get get a ton of passes like he did last year, you know, I think his value is going way down. And like I said, if you have him, I would try to sell him as soon as possible. Yeah, and I, and I, I saw this coming. Actually, uh, I had Sproles on my dynasty team for a while, one of them, and I actually sold him last year with Jordy Nelson a package to move up. Uh, and grab somebody in the draft. I made a big trade, and I saw that coming with Sproles, and I sold high in last year. I'm I'm really glad I did because last year he had a really down year. And one more guy I want to talk about before we get out of here, guys, is just Noshan Moreno. And about Noshan is, you know, he's still he's still out there. That says a lot about these running backs. I mean, me personally, I mean, before Peyton Manning came around, Moreno was all, he was a bust. He was just a bust. And I personally just think, and I think this shows it that he's still out there for agency. That he was just a product of the system. Uh, there's nothing special about his game. You know, he's good in pass protection, but besides that, I mean, he's a running back behind Peyton Manning. They get they did good. He was a great fan. I mean, look at this guy. He was a top ten, top twelve fantasy running back, and now nobody even wants to sign this guy. Well, it shows how the game. Like I think we talked touched on it in the first podcast. Maybe if not, we were talking about it off. Uh, you know, off the mic, but it was, uh, the game has changed so much. Running backs just don't hold value in the NFL anymore. That's why they're not getting signed. Like they're, they're not getting big money. It's a passing league. And that, I mean, that's shown by all the safeties getting all this money and cornerbacks being in high demand because it's a passing league. And I mean, until something changes, until some coach comes up with something different, it's, that's how it's going to be for the next cycle, I think. And, I and just like you were saying, I I don't know. Sean Moreno was a bust until last year. I he's I don't really think he holds too much value at yeah, all. Yeah, if if it, if he if he signs anywhere, almost anywhere else, his his stock plummets. Regardless, unless he goes signs back in Denver. But even if he does sign back in Denver, I still see Denver trying to get Monty Ball that opportunity was almost given last year to be that number one back. Well, John Elway came out and said, I mean, publicly that they needed to get better at the running back position, like at the end of the year. So, okay. I mean, that's their belief right from the top. Yeah. Ball Basically, came out stronger than the year. I think he averaged like 4.7 yards per carry at the end of that year as well, which was yeah. significantly better than like four point lower end on Moreno's as well. So Moreno might even have been in the threes. I, I, he was, it was pretty bad. Well, why didn't ball start? Was it his blocking? Was it, was that what? Oh, uh, okay. I mean, well, you, I didn't, I didn't know. I don't know. Rookie stuff. Right yeah. There. Yeah. So, I mean, Moreno's stock is down. Uh, real quick, let me just, just real quick. Where do you think Moreno ends up, Matt? I mean, he, he took a visit today with Miami and I could see him going there because I, their, their backfield's kind of a mess right now. They, they don't have an established running back, but I mean, other than that, I'm not really sure where he fits. Denver is, 
for me, his best fit for him. I see, I see Miami being a real, real good fit. You know, just because the way he blo- his pass protection is really well, and they can use that. Definitely after lo- losing two offensive linemen in Martin and Cognito in Miami, they can use that because Lamar Miller, I wouldn't really consider a great pass blocker, a good running back, dynasty running back with potential, who should get way more carries this year. But I, I can see Moreno being a really good third down back there in Miami. So I see, I think that's a good spot for him as well. Um, and hopefully he does sign there. And he holds, he's about the same, He's well, he'll be better, but they're about the same, Daniel Thomas. I mean, they're, he's no good, no. I, but um, no, Sean Moreno's a better blocker. So. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's, that's probably, if him visiting her today, put it on the map, that he's, that's just probably his best spot. Yeah, I think spot. that'd be a good spot for him, but, you know, his fantasy, as far as fantasy value goes, he doesn't really have very much of at all. So Could you see him going somewhere like the Jets now, too? I mean, they don't have much of an established running back either. I mean, I feel like their situation that they have with Bilal Powell and Chris Ivory, and we'll see what they're in draft, is better than bringing in Noshan. I don't think Noshan's better than either of those guys. Let me ask you this, then. Do you think Noshan gets a job before the draft, even? I would say, with the draft being a month away, I'd say I'd say yes. I'd you, say he I think he's better. I, mean, I think he's yeah. going to get a job, but I don't think it's going to be a starting back. I think it's going to no, be his, a complimentary back. Done. I mean, yeah. I didn't even know he had visited Miami until you said something. So I was just thinking he was out there. I almost thinking he might not get anything. That was the first sniff he's got. Yeah. I, I agree with Matt, too. Man. If he doesn't sign before free agency, he's, he's going to be in big trouble. The draft. Uh, yeah, before the draft. So, I mean, there you have it on free agency. Uh, free agency affects everything. It's going to affect our rankings that are coming out uh, here in April. So make sure you check out on DynastyNerds.com uh, as we update our rankings monthly and get on there for our great insight. And if you have any free agency questions or any questions at all about Dynasty Football, make sure to hit us up on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds. You can ask me at Dynasty Rich. Uh, I'm at Dynasty at Dynasty Matt. One Dynasty Nerd. I'm at uh, Mike Dynasty Nerd. Dynasty Nerd Mike. Damn. Doesn't even know his own <laughs> I did Twitter that toy. At Dynasty now Nerd you're Mike. There, Mike. Now you're swearing there, Mike. So... All right, guys. Well, that's our take on the NFL free agency. Hopefully it helped you out or gave you some insight. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Ready, set, put Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.